welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for our next lesson in our series over the book of John. John is a powerful book that shows us who Jesus is. So we're calling this series, Who I Am. Through seven signs and seven powerful I Am statements, as well as through Jesus' life and death, we can see that Jesus is God. And as God, He offers eternal life to those who believe. Well, thanks again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy this lesson. All right, turn your Bibles to John 14. Turn your Bibles to John 14. John 14. John 14. If you need a Bible, one over there. You guys are talking this morning. What? Well, there's more than that. Plus three are out there getting drinks. Oh, okay. Too many. Some of you need to leave. What'd you say? Yeah. Yeah, if you're wondering what all this decoration is for, it's not for you, it's for VBS. It's for VBS. Alright, this is Miss Lori's room. Starting as soon as class ends. This is Miss Lori's room. So. It's Miss Lori's room. <laughs> Alright, look at John chapter 14. Look at John chapter 14. If you guys remember, it's been a while since we've been in John. Uh, but we did John 14, like 1 through 6. The ego e me statement, the I am statement, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And now we're going to look at verse 7 uh, through 14. And I have a question for you guys to be thinking about. Don't answer this. Just think about it in your mind. Okay? How can you do greater works than Jesus? And how can you do greater works than Jesus? Let's look at it. Look at verse 7. It says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. Or how can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But my Father, as he remains in me, does his work. Believe in me that I or believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I'm going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. All right, let's pray. Dear God, I just come before you and thank you for the state you've given to us. Thank you for the uh, time that you give us, God. I just pray that as we look at this uh, short passage in John, uh, and we look at the words and just uh, what you say, God, that we would be encouraged uh, to... Um, go out and make disciples for you, God. Uh, and we just uh, 
being encouraged or convicted to live for you, God. We love you, and we pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, you guys you guys have all heard that hindsight is twenty twenty, right? No. Yes. Okay, hindsight is twenty twenty. Do you guys know what 2020 vision is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it means good vision, right? So when they say hindsight is 2020, it means that, like, when you're looking back on something you've done, you see it more clearly than going into it. Does that make sense? For example, there was this one time, not that long ago, well, to get the full context of the story, okay, I, uh, a long time ago, like, like seven years ago, or eight years ago, so when some of you guys weren't even born, like Millie, uh, I I bought a truck, okay? Wow. And yes, thank you, Carter. It's that truck out there that you guys all know and love, right? The black one, the to- Toyota Tundra. Okay, well, that truck, I bought it like a long time ago, okay? And when I bought it, I bought it from this place that sells salvaged vehicles. You guys know what those are? No. Yeah. They're vehicles that have been wrecked so badly that the insurance company didn't want to pay to get it fixed. And so they sold it or almost gave it away for a really cheap price, and then somebody else fixed it up and sold it, okay? So this this truck had been in a really bad wreck or whatever. And so it's kind of chancy to buy it, right? But I got a really good deal on it because of that salvage title, okay? And I bought it, and it's been, like, great. It's been an awesome vehicle. And so a couple years ago, uh, me and Haley, we had an old Honda van, okay? And Honda vans are the best, right? Wow. And so we had this Honda van, and it had like 200 and something thousand miles on it, which means that it had been used a lot, right? Been used a long time. And it was old, and we were driving it, and it was great. It was running just fine, and the door broke on it, okay? And you know the, the van doors, they're like the sliding doors, right? So I was like, okay, we need to get this fixed. So I looked into getting it fixed. It was going to cost like a thousand bucks, okay? Which is like... A lot, but it's like, okay, it'd be worth it. But then you're like, okay, but this vehicle has like 200 plus thousand miles on it. And so like, we're in this situation of like, okay, do we get this thing fixed? Okay. And spend a thousand dollars on a vehicle that's like really, really old. Or do we try and find another vehicle? And so we started looking for other vehicles. Okay. We started looking for other vehicles. And I didn't find any, but my dad found a vehicle from the same place that I bought my truck. It was a salvaged minivan, but it wasn't, it wasn't a Honda. So we, you guys already know. Yeah, can't trust them. So that's when we bought that new van that we had, or that, not new van, that van out there, okay? And so we bought it, and we, some of you guys remember this, but we, we drove it to senior camp, okay? The very, like, what was that, two years ago. Zayden was there. I think he wrote it in it, okay? And we drove it to senior camp, and on the way back from senior camp, the door broke. What? Yeah, you have a door break. Yeah, the door broke. And it was a very it was a very new vehicle, like, <laughs> comparatively. Okay, it had less than it had like seventy thousand miles on it compared door to like two hundred something. Okay, and so the door breaks, so I'm frustrated. Obviously, we get it back, and then about a couple months later we start hearing this noise. And it was like like every time we drove it. Like, it was not, it was worse. Okay, we took it into the mechanic, and he's like, well, I'm going to need like $1,000 just to check it out. What? And I'm like, why do you need $1,000? In case he's like, it's too hard to get in there. It's like deep inside your engine. I'm like, ah, forget it. I'm not going to do it. So we wait a little while, and it, it just gets worse. 
So about a year ago, uh, or no, not even a year ago, less than a year ago, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend the thousand dollars, I'm gonna get it fixed. I take it in the mechanic, I'm like, do whatever you need to do. He calls me back in a couple <coughs> hours and he's like, you know what? I don't even have to dig into it. You need a new engine in your car, okay? And so I ended up buying this vehicle that wasn't a Honda, and it just, you know, it's been nothing but problems. But the reason I share that is because looking back on it now, me and Haley were like, man, we should just kept the old Honda. Like, this one has more problems than that one did. And that's what I mean when I mean hindsight is 2020, right? Looking back on it now, we know. And today, when we look at this, we see some of these disciples here. Okay, and we're like, man, you guys are dense. You guys do not understand what Jesus is trying to tell you. And sometimes I think that's because hindsight is twenty twenty. When we look back on it and we see the scripture and we have everything fulfilled and all this stuff, like we can look back and say, how could you guys not understand what Jesus is saying, right? But in the moment, they didn't. And that's what we're going to see today. And we're going to see, um, we're going to see the mission. We're going to see the, the continuing of the mission of Jesus Christ. Because remember, we're at the very end of his life, right? We are. Okay, we are. Okay, he, he is close to going to the cross. Chapters 13 through 17 of John is all in a very short time period of um, him and his like last moments with the disciples, right? And so in verse 7, okay, verse 6, he, he, Thomas basically, he's like, you know, Lord Jesus, we don't know where you're going. How are we going to know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Okay, and then verse 7, look at it. Okay, look at it. It says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Okay, and we're going to see it 7 through like 11. We're going to see that Jesus has the same mission as the Father. Okay, and actually we have we have the same mission. He, we have the same mission too. Okay, and we're going to see that throughout here. Uh, but we're going to look at it verse by verse here. Okay, we're going to do it a little bit different than we, than we usually do. Because I like changing things up. We're just going to look at each verse. And we're going to go through each verse. Uh, like we normally do, but we're going to just kind of go a little bit more into each one, okay? So first, we're going to look at verse 7, okay? He's the way, the truth, and the life. And then he goes in and he says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Okay, so he says, if you had known me. First, the you there is second person plural, okay? So what does that mean, <coughs> Julian? What does that mean? Yeah, he's talking to the disciples. So if you go back up to like verse 5, and you guys can kind of study this on your own a little bit later, but he's talking like to Thomas himself, or four. four. Um, he's talking, it's more like individualized, but here he, he kind of like is opening it up to the group, right? He's saying, you 11, right? There's 11 there at this point, because one of them left, two left. Judas. Judas, okay, so he's opening it up to the 11. He says, hey, you all, okay, if you all had known me, Okay, if you all know me, the next thing we need to look at is the word no. Okay? This word no, sometimes we get a little confused on this word no. Okay? It's the Greek word, you say that, ginosko. Okay, that's how you say that word. But it means to know or to understand, okay, which seems pretty simple and straightforward. But sometimes uh, sometimes we use this word, like in English, when we see the word no in English, we think like this means you have an intimate relationship with someone, like, you know. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes we could even say, well, a believer is the one who knows Jesus. But that's not necessarily true. Okay, this word means to know or to understand. Okay? And remember, we've talked about these guys before. And we believe, okay, we pretty much know from Scripture that 
most if not all of them already believe that Jesus is Messiah, right? We already believe they already believe that he can give them life. They believe that he's going to redeem in some way, you know, so they already they're already saved. They already believe in him for life, okay? Uh, but he says, "If you had known me." Now, the if you had known me, okay? There are two <coughs> voice crack. There are two different ways you can look at that, okay, in the Greek. Okay, because Greek is different than English. Okay? In English, if you want to say, you can say, since you have known me, and that means like you have known me, right? Or you could say, if you had known me, implying that they didn't know him, right? And in Greek, there's one word for that, and then you can use different like tenses and stuff. This one could be either one. Okay, so it could be translated, since you have known me, you would have known my father also, or you have known my father also. Or it could be, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. I think either one works here. Okay, I think either one works here, uh, really. I think both of them fit. Okay, because so, like, if it's like, if you would have known me, he's like kind of saying, like, if you would have understood me, okay, you would have understood that my father and his mission and that we are one. Because here in a minute, he's gonna, he's gonna go into the fact that. Jesus and, and the Father are one, right? Okay, you know that Jesus and the Father are one. So you're gonna go, he's going to go into that. He's going to say, hey, like, why are you not understanding? You've seen me, therefore you've seen the Father, that kind of thing. So that could work. It could also work if he said, uh, since you've known me. Uh, you've known my Father also, because in some aspects and in some ways they do know him, right? And so that could work also, and you could go into that after Philip has this question. So either one, I think, works here. Uh, but then he says, look at it in the, in the second half. It says, from now on, you know him and have seen him. Okay, And this is super open-ended. Okay, It's like, you know, when I read that, I'm like, well, when? When are they going to, like, it says from now on. So, like, that just means, like, it's future, right? It's like a future from now on. Okay, from now on, you know him. Who's the him there? God the Father and have seen him. Okay, so that just means in the future. Okay, does that mean that they're, they're going to know him at the death and resurrection? Like they're going to understand these things at that point? Is that what he's saying? We don't know. We just know that from now on, from in the future here, you're going to know and see him. Okay, and they do. Okay, they do they understand everything right now? Do they understand a lot more when he dies and he rises again and he comes back and he teaches them on earth, right? And so we know all that. Again, hindsight's twenty twenty. We see all that. Okay, uh, but they don't understand all that yet. Quite yet. So that's verse seven. Verse eight and nine. Okay, verse eight and nine. If you look at it, Philip identifies as one of the uh, practical guys in the group right here. Shows that he's very he's thinking very practically and physically. Look at his question, verse eight. Philip said to him, "Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us." And so, what's the problem with that question? He is the Father. <laughs> Yeah, so Jesus and the Father are one, right? And Jesus' point is going to be, listen, everything I do, and he's already told them this, everything I do is from the Father, right? The words I say are from the Father. The things I do are from the Father. And you're asking to see the Father. You've seen the Father when you've seen me, you're right? I and the Father are one, right? So Philip's very practical. He says, Lord, show us the Father. That'll, that'll be enough. If you just show us the Father, it'll be enough for us. So just show us the Father. So Jesus says to him in verse 9, look at it. He says, he kind of reprimands him here. He says, have I been with you for such a long time, 
And yet you have not come to know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So again, this would, this would tie back into verse 7, indicating that that might be an if instead of a since. Okay? You guys can look at that a little bit later on if you want. Well, yeah, he says, listen, you've been with me a long time. Okay, How many years had Philip been with him? About, about three years, right? Remember Philip uh, from Bethesda in chapter... Was that chapter 1 or 2? One? 1. Chapter 1. Okay, when he meets, he brings Nathaniel in. Okay, so he's been with them for a while. Okay, and he says, Philip, you've been with me for such a long time, and you don't know me. Okay, what does he not know? What does he not, that's gnosko too, so let's understand. Or know. What do you know, what does he not know? Yeah, that, so it seems like right here in this contest, he doesn't understand that Jesus and the Father are one. And, and let's give him a little bit of a break because how many of you guys understand the Trinity? <laughs> Everybody goes, ah. I mean, kind of. Like, it, we can't really comprehend the Trinity, right? And so these guys are living with a human form of the Trinity, right? Like, that is something that is very hard to comprehend, right? And, and so, like, if I'm Phil, like, I'd probably ask the same thing. Like, well, Jesus, we know we know you're you're you and the Father, same mission, you know, same everything. We know you get everything from him. Just like show us the Father, because like like we you're here on earth, and the and the Father, like if we saw him, like show us the Father, you know, and that's gonna be enough for us. That's where you're going, you're going to the Father, so show us him. Right? And uh, you know, Looking back on it, it's like, Philip, how can you be so dense? But, like, in the moment, like, I don't blame him, I think. But Jesus, again, he's like, listen, Philip, and you guys, okay? The one who's seen me has seen the Father. Okay, so how can you say, show us the Father? Because me and the, I and the Father are one, right? So uh, they don't see what's right in front of them. They don't, they don't completely understand the oneness of Jesus and the Father. Again, okay, this passage is not saying that Philip doesn't believe in Jesus for life. I don't think. Okay? Um, I think that he has. I think that he was one of those first guys that did, but uh, they still don't grasp everything. Okay, And we're going to see, uh, in just a couple verses, we're going to see Jesus, he, he, I think he kind of hints at the church. Okay, But did these guys understand like the church was coming? I, I don't think so, not yet. Right? They, don't, they don't understand what all that's going to be. Uh, but Jesus continues to go on to it. We're going to see it. So let's look at verse 10 and 11. Just really quickly, he won't spend a lot of time on 10 and 11. But look at it, he says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Okay, and, you know, the disciples might have even said, Yeah, we believe that, but it's like they just, they're just not quite comprehending it, right? So the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father, he remains in me, and he does his work. Okay, so the Father remains in him, Jesus, and the Father's doing work through Jesus. So Jesus and the Father are one, right? It's one work. It's one mission, right? They're doing, they have the same goals, the same mission, the same everything, right? That's what he's saying in verse 10. Okay, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So he states it again. I'm in the Father, the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. So he says, believe me because I'm saying it. But then he says, believe me because of the works. Well, why would the works get them to believe that he and the Father are one? 
Yeah, because his works are the works of God. Right? What Jesus did, how Jesus lived, showed who he was. Right? And so he says, if you don't believe what I'm saying, believe the works. Right? Okay, so uh, they say, essentially, show us the Father. Because remember, he says, I'm going to be with the Father in, in the first part of 14. And they say, well, show us the Father, and that'll be enough to show us the way and all this. And, and he says, well, you've seen the Father because you've seen me. Now you've seen the Father because you've seen me. All right, so now let's look at verses 12 through 14. Now look at the continuing of the mission. And this part is really cool, okay? This is the part I really like of this section. Um, because again, I think Jesus, he actually starts talking a little bit about the church, and we'll see the shift here in just a second. We'll read 12 through 14 first, and then we'll go back and go to 12, 13, 14. So it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Some of the most misunderstood scripture uh, out there today, right? So verse 12, truly, first we see truly, truly, right? And these are some really good, I think Jesus meant these to be comforting words right after he said he was going to leave, right? So look at it, it says truly, truly. And hey, what does truly, truly mean? Well, it means it's true for sure. Yeah. True, yeah, it means it's true. What else is, what else is Jesus saying when he says truly, truly, or amen, amen? Pay close attention. Pay close attention, okay? So you guys should pay close attention. Okay, look up, look at it. Okay. Truly, truly, you should pay attention, not you won't. Okay. Look at, look at it though. He says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who what? Okay, who was he talking about before, or talking to before? Not talking about, talking to the disciples. The disciples. So he could have said, "Truly, truly, I say to you, you," but he doesn't. He says, "The one who believes." Okay, that obviously is a shift, right? It's a shift from him. He's shifting and saying, hey, not only am I talking about you, but I'm talking about all believers now, right? Yes? Yes? Okay. Okay, so now he's talking about all believers. He says, truly, truly, I say, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. So we read that and we say, what in the world? How can you do greater works than Jesus? Okay, how like Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He raised himself from the dead, paid for the sins of the entire world. Right? Uh, like, how can we do greater works than him? And there are some people that say, We can. We can raise people from the dead. We can do whatever we want, you know, based on this on this passage of scripture. But let's think about this for a little bit. Okay? Look at the very end. And greater works than these, he, meaning, who's the he there? The believers, so not just the apostles, not just the twelve, or the eleven, okay? So, and greater works than these, the believer, he will do, why? Because I go to my Father, okay? So, I think the greater here, okay? I think the greater here is not talking about magnitude, it's not talking about bigger or better works, but it's talking about more. Okay? Because why did Jesus come? Okay? And rise again. Pay for our sins. Why? 
so that people would believe in him for eternal life? Yes, he came to redeem mankind. He came to bring people to God, right? Okay? He did that. And okay? he did that. And he's he is the head of that. He started that. But how many people do you think in during his ministry were saved? Or brought to him through his ministry? I mean we don't know. So like it's we, we don't know. We know there are at least at least five hundred, right? There were, there were probably, I don't know how many there were, okay? But there are at least 500. But his ministry, when you think about it, was very local, right? It was very local, and he was only he only ministered for three years. Okay? This is Acts 2.41. This is after Jesus has gone back to heaven and all that, okay? So those who accepted his message were baptized, and on that day, about 3,000 souls were at. That's one day. 3,000 <coughs> people were saved. Since then... Okay, the work of the church. Okay, how many people have been saved? A lot. A lot. Okay, good answer because we have no idea. Okay, tons of people have been saved. Okay, what was Jesus' goal and mission? And what was the Father's mission in sending Jesus? We just said it. To redeem mankind. To bring to bring mankind back. Right. That's the story of the Bible. Bringing sinful man back. Right. And so, his goal and his mission and the Father's is to bring people back. Okay? And yet the church carries on that mission, bringing millions of people to God through what Jesus did. right? By evangelism, by teaching, they bring people, we bring people. So greater works here, I do not think, refers to saying that Slate's going to raise people from the dead. I think that it's referring to the believers, the body of Christ, the quantity of Okay, bringing so many people to God. Because we are carrying out what Jesus did. We're carrying out what he did. Okay, So I think that's what he's talking about. Look at verse 13. It says, And whatever you ask in my name, I will do, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, first thing I want you to note, and we're not going to talk about it very much. And whatever who asks. You. Second person plural again. Okay, it's just interesting to me. Because he could say whatever any believer asks. Okay, I'm not. We're not going to go into that. But that's something you could study on your own. Okay, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. If we want to, a lot of people apply this to every believer, and they say anything you ask, as long as you say in Jesus' name, it'll happen. Okay, which we know is not true. Right, and <clears throat> goes against Scripture. However. This scripture goes very well, I think, with this 13 and 14. Okay. This is 1 John 5, 14. He says, And this is the confidence that we have for him, that we ask anything according to what? His will. His will. He hears us. Okay. He hears us. Look at this. He says, And whatever you ask in what? In my name, this I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I think that that recognizes that it has to be something that is in the will of the Father and the Son. Uh, in order to receive it, okay? And then he goes on to reiterate it in verse 14. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Again, that is a second person plural, you, there, and there are 11 people there that he is talking to specifically. Okay, again, you can study that on your own. Um, <coughs> you can study that on your own. You can go look at it and see whether you think that he's talking to the 11 only or whether you think he's talking to the 11 and it can be applied to every believer. Um, 
But if it can be applied to every believer, we have to use Scripture to interpret Scripture, right? So we'd use this passage of Scripture to say this is something that has to be in the will of the Father. So, if Carter here, he says, in Jesus' name, I want a 75-inch TV on my wall. I probably don't okay. want that. Well, I I'm, just, I'm just giving examples. Okay? I already have a TV in my room. Well, okay. So, so he already has one. So maybe something else. Yeah. Okay? And maybe it's not inside the will of God, the will of the Father. Okay? Then that wouldn't, that wouldn't be something that you would receive, right? I want to win. However, if I'm in a trial in my life, and I say, God, will you give me wisdom? Do we know that that's in the will of the Father? Yes. And, and of Jesus? It is. Okay, so if we ask in Jesus, we, in Jesus' name to get um, wisdom for my trial, okay, and we know that that's promised anyway in Scripture, but we will get it. Okay, we will receive it. Okay, and we have that confidence. Um, and so, anyway, it's kind of a sidetrack, side note a little bit to it. <clears throat> the final thing I want to look at with you guys, okay, turn your Bibles to Matthew. Turn your Bibles to Matthew. It's on Matthew 28. Is this the final thing? It is on page. Matthew 28. It's on page 1123. In the blue ones, it's 485. Oh, okay. There you go. In the blue ones, it's 485. It's page 68. Oh, I was like, that's not right. You're in the wrong book. Okay, this is one of the most. this is one of the best passages of Scripture in the Bible. Well, there's, there's not best. I can't really say that. It's a very good passage of Scripture. We use it all the time here, and rightly so. Okay? Look at verse 18. It says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven has been, and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, now how does this fit with what we just looked at in John? Just think about it for a second. If we are, if we as a body are going to do greater works than Jesus, if we are to go out and to fulfill and to continue on his mission as a body and as a church, this is how we do it, right? Alright, here's the passage. Okay, I made you look at it in your Bibles. But we carry out the mission and proclamation of what Jesus did. Okay, he started it. But we are to do what according to this passage? We are to make disciples. Okay, how do we make disciples? Yeah, evangelizing and training. Okay, that's how we make disciples. Evangelizing and training. So, this is my question for us today. How can you do greater works than Jesus? Okay. How can you do that? Are you being? Are you acting like you're a part of what Jesus came and did? Are you acting like you're a part of His mission? Because if you put your faith in Jesus for eternal life, you're a believer, you're His child, you are a part of that mission, right? So are you? Are you fulfilling it? Are you evangelizing? Are you training? Okay, is there somebody in your life who you know you should share the gospel with? Okay, maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. I don't know. Okay. Is there somebody in your life who you know that you should be going to and maybe even talking with them about the Word? Or maybe even doing a Bible study with them or like helping them along in some way? Um, and are you, know, are you being helped along in some way too? But 
how can you do greater things for Jesus? How can you, if you want it in a different way, how can you get on board with Jesus' mission, okay, of redeeming mankind? Okay, you guys can't redeem mankind, right? I can't redeem mankind. I can't die and pay for the sins of the world. He can. But he can, and we can tell people about it, right? Right, we can. Okay, we can. Good job answering that question. All right, back heads, close your eyes. Well, that's all for True to the Bible podcast this time. We hope that you enjoyed this lesson. If you did, or if you want to listen to some other lessons on True to the Bible podcast, make sure that you subscribe or like this podcast. If you have any questions about anything that you heard or you're interested in how you can be saved, make sure you contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Again, thanks for joining us for this lesson, and we hope to hear from you soon.